Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations, metrics, and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm Marcel Petipa, your host as usual, and I'm extremely excited to introduce to you probably one of the most qualified people we've ever had on this podcast. He has written eight books, uh, the most recent being Grow Your Digital Agency. He is truly an expert when it comes to service businesses and digital agencies. He's currently the director of the Google Partners Business Coaching Program, as well as the chief of the Grow Your Digital Agency Initiative, which has, uh, which is part of the, the book, and there's a Facebook group that I'm a part of, which is awesome. And he's also the managing director of the Director Center, where he helps digital agency owners grow their business, run more profitably, and make smarter business decisions, um, and so much more. He's a human. He is a family man. He is all kinds of other amazing things. I'm super excited to introduce you all to the amazing Robert Craven. Thank you so much for being on the show, Robert. Oh, thank you. It's a, a great introduction. Uh, I'm not sure I can live up to all of that, but I'll, I'll do my best. So where do you want to start? <laughs> that's, that's all good, man. I, just, I, I, I have a feeling that if I just keep you on here for the next 30 minutes, you will um, almost by accident help everyone grow their business. So cool. no stress. No, no pressure. Okay. So, Rob, your your story kind of starts back in the '90s when um, you went to school. You got your MBA. Um, w- did you know from an early age that you wanted to get into this space? Like, how did you develop such an interest in service firms in particular? <laughs> well, all I knew, all I knew, was that I couldn't possibly wear a suit. So I kind of went, <laughs> I kind of went to college, went to university, thinking the one thing I must not do is wear a suit because that's like the worst possible thing. <laughs> Um, so I set up my own business, uh, which ironically was a cafe, restaurant, and a sound recording studio because that was in what I was into. Outside catering at Glastonbury Festival and a whole bunch of festivals, and then I basically I I got sucked into consulting. Um, there was a big um, uh, place in in Sheffield in the north of England. Uh, which is a, like almost like a small arena, privately run, and it was hemorrhaging cash. I got invited in to help them out. That was my introduction to to consulting, which was like, wow, well, it's that people actually get paid for helping people to sort their problems out. Uh, went back to business school, did an MBA, came out of that, became director of consulting at the business school. Is a long story short, um, and because I've always run my own businesses. Hmm. Um, and uh, business school wasn't so great. I didn't really learn that much because you learn everything by losing your own money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, amen to that. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> so I've, done that. I've done that. I'm not going there again. Um, and fell into professional services and then fell into digital agencies about uh, properly about 10 years ago. Uh, I've been involved in an agency in the, if people remember the millennium, uh, we were there wondering whether planes would drop out of the sky. Uh, and they didn't. Um, and uh, ever since, I've nearly all my time has been spent, been spent with digital agencies. 
Amazing. So I know recently, um, you know, you started working with uh, the Google Partners coaching program. Um, yeah. And previous to that, obviously, you'd worked with a lot of agencies. How many, if you had to ballpark it, how many agencies have you worked with in, in your career? Uh, last year, we, le- we worked closely with about 150 agencies, just wow. to give you a rough idea. So that means we've, and, and obviously it depends on whether it's just a conversation or whether it's, you know, a four-month program or four or five years with them. But uh, there's a, we're a small kind of boutique. There's a handful of us here. We've all run agencies. We now uh, help agencies grow. So currently at the moment, uh, we're running seven, eight programs, each with about 30 people on each program. And then we've got consulting and coaching going on with a, obviously with a smaller, more select group of people. So we're pretty steeped in digital agencies. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say that regardless of the size, if somebody's listening, if they have just a few employees or maybe a couple hundred, there's probably a program that you're involved in somewhere that is a good fit for them. Yeah, I mean, we're working, we're working on a program in South Africa, we're working on a program in Romania, uh, we're over in the States, you know, so we're doing lots of stuff and the wonder of Skype and Zoom and Google Hangout means that, that you know, an aeroplane is just like a taxi now, I mean, it's on <laughs> So you've obviously then got a a pretty good sample size when we talk about some of the common patterns that you've seen. Um, So talk to me a little bit about some of the common issues that you have agencies coming to you with that you help them solve um, that might resonate with our listeners. So they always, I think nearly every agency only comes back with, uh, can you get us more, better, more reliable clients, please? Mm. (laughs) <laughs> um, that's kind of, but that is normally a symptom of, of everything else not being quite right. And uh, obviously it depends on, on the size of the agency because uh, obviously if, you, if you've got less than 10 people, your, your problems are about how do I do this? And if you've got more than 50 people, it's like how do I get my people to do this? Mm. But, there's, but there's, a, there's a common, you know, really great agencies are obsessed with strategy. Where the heck am I going? Marketing, how on earth can I sell more stuff to better people and teams? Why can't I get on better? And then there's a kind of a subplot around that, which is around um, how can I get, uh, how can I deal with the money? Can I grow this either organically or not organically? And then there's another subset, which is around sort of management efficiency and effectiveness. Am I the right person to run the agency? But to me, if, yeah, if, whether you give me one day with an agency or you give me a hundred days with an agency, I want to spend the whole of the first day just on strategy. Hmm. Where the heck are you going? How on earth are you going to get there? What are you going to measure? Because otherwise people just wake up in the morning and they just go to their machine, they turn it on and go, oh, right, there's an inquiry from <laughs> wherever. I'll do that. I'll do that. And, you know, there's a great... Uh, um, Dilbert uh, cartoon where it's got the first bit of it is a, is a company with no strategy and, and he's picking up the phone and going, yes, we can do that. And then the second part of the cartoon is a company with a strategy and he's saying, no, we don't do that. And actually that's what strategy is about. It's about figuring out you know, what we do do hmm. and what we don't do. And, and as long as you're saying yes to everything, you're, you're on a hiding to nothing and it's going to be really hard to, to differentiate yourself, to separate yourself out from everyone else. 
So, yeah, I mean, we have talked, I think, in the past about the importance of strategy. I know that's an area that you uh, are really, really strong in. A lot of people come to you for your expertise in that area. So um, for those that are listening that are thinking, you know, maybe my strategy is not where it needs to be, what are those kind of three pillars that they should be focused on uh, in order to make their agency grow? <laughs> the, uh, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> you just start talking, and I'll try my best. I just thought, like, okay, so we'll try, we'll try and squeeze it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, if you lose the will to live, that's okay. Don't mind. Um, so, so first, we want is strategy. So, strat. So, no, no, no one cannot. Everyone, they go to business school and they come back and say, "So, what's the strategy?" They go, "Oh, it's a plan. Oh, it's a way of getting there. Oh, it's yeah." At, at its at the heart of it, strategy is is, is planning while being aware of the outside environment, while being aware of what's going on politically, economically, socially, technologically, environmentally, what's going on in the industry, what's going on in the market, what's going on for a customer, what's going on for competitors. And, and most of us are, are, are pants, rubbish, at understanding the environment we live in. And digital agencies need to understand that environment more than anything else. So strategy with capital letters is about understanding your environment, because then you realise... You know, which platform should we be on? What's happening to customers? What's happening? Very, very few people do that. At, a, at, at its simplest level, um, it, it's, it's, so guys, where are we now? Scores out of 10 for your financial performance, marketing performance, operations performance. So score out of 10 for financial performance, marketing performance, operational performance. How good are we now? Where do we want to be in, say, three years' time? So that's, again, it is classic business school stuff, but it's where do you want to be in three years' time? So what do you want to be known for? So what do you want to be? That's kind of people often call that vision. Uh, What numbers do we need to be hitting? Turnover, profit, cash, number of clients, average value of client. That's what many people call mission. How on earth are we going to do that? By being faster, smarter, brighter, friendlier, ruder, uh, all platforms, one platform, loads of niches, one niche. Uh, that's strategy. Uh, milestones, core success factors, and then what are we going to measure? KPIs. Now, the bit that, 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 that screws people up is it, that seems too too theoretical. So let's just go through it. How good is my business? Where do I want to go? So this is, this is just one sheet of paper each. But then, how do we get from where we are now to where we want to go? That three-year period. Here is the secret sauce. Get yourself a roll of wallpaper. Roll it on a big wall, maybe 10, 15 feet. On the very left-hand side of the wall, write down where we are now. Turnover, profit, cash, number of staff, turnover per the member of staff, average client value. Go to the far end, write the date in three years' time. Put down turnover, profit, cash, what you want those numbers to be. And then get out a whole pile of post-its, yeah, these things. I'm not sure what you call them, what you are. Yeah. And you start mapping out. If that's where we want to be here, then we need to have done this. But So we need to have a finance director by there. We need to move premises there. Oh, in that case, that profit won't be that. And just make your mistakes on paper. Just use that wallpaper process to map out roughly what the journey is, to figure out whether it works or not. And then the final bit, so this is a five-day workshop in four minutes. The final bit <laughs> is to create, create a scorecard, four measures for your financial performance, which can be qualitative or quantitative, four measures for your your marketing performance, getting hold of customers, which can be quantitative or qualitative, four measures for operations, remember we scored ourselves on that at the beginning, and four measures on people and culture. 
it's it's like the the um, the lights on the airplane cockpit, the, the, the big measures. And on a monthly basis, measure your uh, performance against those those measures that you've got on that wallpaper. So that's how you that's quickly how you do strategy. So why strategy is so important? It determines it determines your scale of growth. You know, are you trying to grow at twenty percent, fifty percent, one hundred percent? It gives you the opportunity to monitor your performance. It tells you what you do and, and what you don't do. And, and my experience is, the clearer we are about what we do and what we don't do. So it could be we only work with lawyers with between fifty and one hundred and fifty desks. That's so clear what we do and what we don't do, and who we do and what we say to them, and what we don't say to them. It could be uh, we work with professional service firms within 100 miles. It could be we only work on the Google platform uh, with uh, businesses less than 50 people. But it's, it's just figuring out a, a way that we, that we are able to replicate, duplicate, put processes and systems in place to actually scale up and grow the business. So that's kind of strategy strategy in a nutshell where are we now where are we going how are we going to get there how long does it take to figure that stuff out first time round, two days two and a half days but you then have a strategy review every six months which is a half a day to see whether you're on, on track or not mm. monthly you're checking it out and then once a year you go away for your bigger way day. but if you nail that then everything everything else fits in underneath that now that's a pretty clear framework and I appreciate you taking your, your five day workshop and compressing it so efficiently. It's very <laughs> impressive. Um, now I think one of the things that a lot of people um, get afraid of when they're thinking about strategy is, well, what if the strategy is wrong and, and then we're headed in the wrong direction? What are some of those common mistakes that you see people make in strategy um, planning that can be avoided or that, that you've uh, you've been able to overcome? Yeah, so I think firstly, the thing about strategy is it's about making mistakes on paper. So it's far better to spend half a day in a room, in a hotel room, whatever it is, in a seminar room, uh, and figure out, hey, if we do that with these margins and we get this number of people, um, we're, no, we're no nearer success than we are now. So let's just yeah, not do it. So that's what I mean by making mistakes on paper. I think uh, there's a real more more so now than than three or four years ago, but there's a real high level of uncertainty about what's going on in the outside world. So, should we stick to one platform? Should we go multi-platform? Should we become just performance focused, or should we become more brand? Look at what the marketing agencies are doing. Look at what the consultancies are they buying? Are they buying into the space? And it's actually really just about people have just got this all kind of the wrong way round. Uh, they think it's about tactics. It's not. They think it's about strategy. It's not. It's actually about the customer and what the customer wants. And the and this is just 1965. Theodore Levitt, uh, marketing myopia. You know, we we get transfixed by how great we think we are and what great service product we offer. And and we forget to put it into the customer's world, you know. Mm. Uh, people don't buy from us for what we do. They buy from us what our product does for them. So what is it they want? They don't want. They don't want 
TPC spends. They don't want that. What they want is they want happier customers. So you're good. We're back to where we started. Um, and uh, so the errors that people make with strategy is that they confuse what they think they're doing is brilliant with what the customer really wants. Uh, they lose sight of what's really going on uh, because uh, they just think what they're doing is so good. And, and the answer is to consistently flip it. So there's a great, um, in, the, in the business model canvas, which I'm sure people are familiar with, mm. uh, there's, a great, there's a great piece in it where it's, it's got a picture of the customer. It says, what's the customer's uh, job? Uh, get more customers, make more profit, report to the FD. What are their pains? Their pains are lack of information, no clear attribution, un, unsure about whether the results are achieved. What are the gains? The gains are uh, they want they want profit, they want guaranteed success, they want reliability. And, and you should actually only design your product based on how can you give the client more pain, more gains, and how can you reduce their pains. And only then should you design your product. Because you might end up discovering that what the product wants isn't a pure PPC offer, but might be a more, more of a blended marketing offer. Um, and, you know, if your only solution is, 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 is a hammer, you're going to treat every client like a nail. And, um, and we just need to be clear about, uh, is there a gap in the market? Can we deliver to that gap? Uh, and uh, So I think that the, the big issue is about getting strategy wrong is uh, being clear about the benefits we give the client, being clear that we've tested it properly and uh, having a, a confidence uh, that we're doing the right thing by sense checking. And again, best place to go back to, to look at stuff like that would be, oh, the name of the book's gone for me. Eric Reese, Startup. Startup. Lean Startup. Lean startup, thank you very much. Yeah. That's why I needed you. I needed you to give me the answer to that. So the lean startup, just going in, testing, checking, not being afraid to, to pivot and change. And what you just referred to earlier sounds like you're touching on the jobs to be done framework, um, which I know is very popular right now in the startup world. Uh, and it's about exactly asking that question of what is what job is the client hiring? Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Yes, to do. And what you just referred to earlier sounds like you're touching on the jobs to be done framework, um, which I know is very popular right now in the startup world. Uh, and it's about exactly asking that question of what is what job is the client hiring yeah. us to do? Right. And designing the product backwards from that job and, and thinking about the inputs, the outputs, the expectations, because at the end of the day, that's really what it is. They, they're choosing to hire your firm to do something rather than trying to hire internally. And so it's just a question of creating trust that it'll be a better value or a better result for them to do so. But it's, but it's not just about creating trust because they can go to Bangalore for five 
power and they can get almost anything that you or I, you or I offer. So it's not, it's, I know you weren't necessarily listening to your words. It's all about creating trust. It's all about, it's all about engaging with people like you who, who are like you and like you. Mm. you use that phrase three times and, and, and understanding that not all customers are equal and that our, our service and our product isn't attractive to everyone. But there are some people who will adore what we do and, and that becomes the people you work with. Hmm. Now, all of this uh, sounds wonderful, and I'm sure there's lots of a- uh, agency owners and executives listening that are going to be excited and they're going to want to go and plan. But one thing that I'm sure you hear all the time is, okay, we've figured out who our perfect customer is, we've figured out what we want to do for them, but how do we make enough money doing that to scale? So pricing <laughs> obviously becomes a big question. Um, what advice do you have for folks when it comes to determining the pricing that's going to work with that strategy? Oh, you're already pushing my blood pressure today. Uh, so the, the answer is really simple, okay? It's put your prices up, okay? I'll just say that one more time in case there's any, any misunderstanding. Put your prices up. Now, right away, I can almost hear it coming back. You don't understand what it's like to be in the north of England. You know what it's like in the southern American states. You don't understand. We've got to compete on price. If we don't, there's always someone cheaper than us. Now, look, let's just, let's just think this one through, yeah? Uh, most agencies are, are, are too big to be small, and we're too small to be big, okay? So we can't compete on being the big brand, and, and, and we, we can't compete with kids in Bangalore on Fiverr doing stuff for $5 an hour. We can't do that. And if you compete on price, it's it's a it's a game to the bottom. So let's just go through this logically. And I know you're saying you don't understand what it's like to be me. I do. The point is this: if you put your prices up, let's just say you've got a thirty percent margin. If you put your prices up by ten percent, you can afford to lose. You can afford to lose twenty five percent of your customers, and you have the same amount of money in your back pocket. And the thing is, the customers that you lose are the, I hope this translates, are the pond life and the scum who uh, don't, <laughs> don't value what you do, they don't share what you do, they're just buying on price and they'll always go somewhere else. So you were working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you now work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and a bit of Thursday, you've got the rest of Thursday and Friday to add awesome value to your clients, Okay. By putting your price, if you're you're still saying you don't understand what it's like to be in, you know, whatever state you want to put in it, uh, and I've had this conversation in South Africa, I've had it in Romania, I've had this conversation in in in, in San Diego, I've had this If you put your prices down, okay, let's say you put your prices down by ten percent. And we do that all the time. The client says, oh, $1,100, that's a bit rich. Make it a 1000 we've got a deal. And you go, deal done. You put your prices down by 10%. You need to find, I'm a 30% growth margin. You need to find 50, that's five zero. You need to find 50% more clients just to have the same amount of money in your back pocket. So you were working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You now need to work another two and a half days a week. 
That's Saturday, Sunday and Monday morning. Just to stay in the same place. And what you're doing is you're attracting the pond life and scum. The people who aren't loyal, the people who won't stay with you, the people who will move at a moment's notice, the people who won't honour their contracts to work with you. What you've got to do is if you put your price up, you can you can demonstrate your the value add. You can you you will only work with people who understand and recognise the value add. And you're becoming less of a less of a supplier and more of a trusted advisor. So to my mind, apart from maybe one or two percent of people who are doing a really, really big kind of channel partner play where they're, they're, they're talking to, say, all the chambers of commerce or they're talking to all of, they've, they've got that piece where they, they've got a scale going that way. The rest of agencies, and it's a challenge, don't get me wrong. The challenge is we need to go up the food chain uh, by charging higher prices so we can deliver a better value service. And that may include you know, virtually sitting in, in the client's boardroom. But we've got to get away from being a supplier because if you're just a supplier, people will uh, think that they can, they can just screw you down on price. Hmm. And, and that's just, just isn't going to work. That is incredibly insightful. I love that piece about you know, how much a 10% different in price um, has on the capacity that your team has to work at in order to make the same net profit. That's incredibly powerful stuff. So we've covered the strategy, defining who we want to work with, what we want to do for them. We've talked about raising our prices so that we have the margin and the time to deliver a great service. Now, finally, I'm sure everyone's wondering, that's great, but how do I close the sale? How do I get those people to agree to writing me those big checks, Robert? Give me the answers, man. Okay, well, well, and the answer to that is, oh, can't hear me, it's breaking up. No. Um, I'm going to answer two, I'm going to answer two bits, that question in two ways, actually. So the first thing which, which um, always amazes me is that how, how, poorly, how poor agencies are at um, defining what they do to clients. <laughs> And, and we, you know, we, we we're familiar with this. It's called the elevator pitch. You get into a lift or elevator, as you call it. And in walks Bill Gates. Bill Gates presses a button for the tenth floor. Turns around to you and says, "What do you do?" And nine out of ten agencies will say something along the lines of, "Oh, we set up our agency in 2010 when I came out of college, and and we thought it was a really nice place to work. And my business partner had formerly worked with Accenture, so we did." Both and you're at the lift and the lift walks out. Now the point is, although we laugh about that, that's exactly what agencies do. I ran a, a, a workshop last week for the top 100 sales directors of European agencies, uh, and we got them to video each other doing their, their, um, their elevator pitches. They were shocking. Every rule, everything you tell people about elevator pitches, they broke every single rule. It was longer than 30 seconds. It was all about them. There were no benefits. It was all about features. They used language that you wouldn't understand until you got all your certifications. They were shocking. And, and that's really good news because for those of you who are clear in your elevator pitch, you're going to win the business. So, uh, Elevator pitch, how does that run? For me, it goes, we work with this sort of people. You don't work with everyone, so we work with lawyers with between 50 and 150 desks. 
who have this problem. You talk about people's problem because the, the um, motivation away from, the fear is much stronger than motivation towards. When people give up smoking, it's because they're petrified of dying. That's motivation away from. It's not because they like their clothes to smell nice. So we work with uh, lawyers with between 50 and 150 desks who have a problem getting the right quality of clients. And then it's what we do is, but that's not what people are really interested in. What we do is offer a six-month package uh, so that that's then the benefit, the, the benefit so that uh, you hit your sales targets and then the proper benefit, which means that, which means that you sleep well at night. And that's the piece that people want to do. So let me just give you uh, a couple of examples. We work with uh, 15 to 20 year old girls who've got a problem with acute acne. What we do is to put them through a five day homeopathic treatment um, so that their skin clears up, which means that they're able to take part in the usual social life of kids of their age and have fun and feel responsible and grow up. We work with um, high growth businesses who've got a problem uh, knowing how to grow their business. What we do is put them through a three-month program so that they're able to hit their targets, which means that uh, they're able to live the life they want to live. It's, it's, it's not, people don't buy from me for what they do, they buy from me for what they do does for them. So part one of my answer is you need a really clear, clean, succinct elevator pitch we can talk for ages about doing it in bits and so on and so forth, and that's the rubbish. And I think the second bit of it is about asking for the business, it's about being clear about that. It's about having like a manifesto that says we will talk money. It's about having a manifesto that says uh, we don't do sales pitches, we have conversations with you. It's about uh, delivering awesome value for money. It's about having confidence. Um, and, and also it's about speed. Uh, we've got um, a great belief in having a proposal factory, so you can create a proposal almost instantaneously. Uh, because your, your work is getting more and more similar when you do it, so you can do it more effectively, so you can sell it more effectively. Um, and we had, had one client who used to take 10 days to get back to their clients, and they won, they won roughly one in 10 proposals. Proposals were fine. We accelerated that so that they returned their proposals within 36 hours, and their their, their success rate went up to eight out of ten. Wow! It's like it's you know you've got to be there, you've got to be in there, you've got to be in there early, you've got to be in there fast, you've got to be professional, you've got to ask for the business. I mean, it's a whole package around making that happen. Hmm. But the starting point, which links to your pricing, which links to your strategy, which links to what do we do here, which links to what the heck do you put on your website, is just a clarity. You know, we work with these sorts of people who have a problem with what we do is so that which means that and and as a thing to work on it's just a great thing to get the team in a room saying so who do we work with so what problems do they have so what do we sell them so what do they get and what does that mean for them it's like it's like the, you know, the three-year-old kid who's just going why you know, <laughs> we work with you know we work with dentists why because uh, dentists need more customers. Why? Because uh, they can't get as many customers as they want the way they do. Why? Because it's a crowded market. Why? Because everyone wants to be a dentist because there's loads of money. 
what and it's like drilling down to because they want to be able to go home on a Friday night and know that next week life, life is going to be good. Hooray, we found it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I think a lot of it's common sense. I think I think we spend too much time. We spend too much time as as agency owners in the business. We don't step back enough to work on the business, as Michael Gerber would say. We don't design on the business. Uh, we get blinded by our own reflection. Um, and I think it's just good common sense business tools, techniques that, that, that make the high performers perform higher. Well, that uh, is extremely insightful stuff. And I'm sure there's lots of uh, people, hopefully, with a notepad at home, writing this down and starting to work through their elevator pitch. Uh, I love that framework. I'd, I've heard a couple of frameworks in the past. This is one of my favorites because um, it covers everything like from start to finish. Here's who we work with. Here's what we do for them. Here's what the benefit is for them. Um, a little high level of the process that you're going to take them through. It's great. So uh, I hope everyone takes action on that and I'm sure it'll help them, like you said, help them shape the rest of the narrative around the pricing and positioning and everything else. So um, one last question that I have for you, um, just because you mentioned this earlier, you talked about the importance of measuring KPIs so that you're aware of where you are on your journey to that destination for the agency. Um, I know that it's going to be custom depending on the industry and what kind of clients you work with, that that's something that's going to have to be created individually for each agency. But what are some of those things that, you know, are fundamental to a service business that should be being measured? Yeah. Okay. So, um, ha, really good. So the financials are pretty straightforward. So that's something, some permutation of turnover revenue, net profit, EBITDA, cash in the bank, uh, payment payment terms, how quickly people have paid you, um, those kinds of those kind of bits, those are easy. Uh, marketing, slightly more interesting. So cost of customer acquisition, that's my favorite. Mm. Cost of customer acquisition, how much does it cost you to acquire a customer? And the lifetime net profit value of a client. So, so not only does it, how much does it cost you to win a client? Is it $100, $500? How much in terms of net profit is a client on average worth to you? Now, uh, on that metric, just a quick, quick question. Um, how detailed are you getting into costs? Are you looking at the, the cost of the time that the salesperson spends emailing them, getting on a call with them, pitching them? Like what gets encompassed uh, in that number? Okay, so I would simply say, uh, what are your what are your marketing what are your marketing and sales costs? Mm-hmm. So it literally goes to the profit and loss account. What are your marketing and sales costs? Okay, so how many new clients did you get last year? And okay. Divide the number of clients in, and then you get, and then you've got a number. I mean, as long as you compare like with like, that's that's all all that matters. Uh, other marketing measures. Column inches might be relevant. Uh, how you're perceived by the customers and competitors might be relevant. Um, um, conversion rate from from uh, lead to coming a client. Average average client value rate. You want that to be going up. Um, time for the client to convert. Uh, repeat business, referral business. Then on the operation side, you've got defect rate, downtime. You've got uh, output per person, you've got quality of kit, you've got uh, what else on that? On 
on operations, uh, delivery specification, complaint rates, net promoter score, those kinds of scores. And then people and culture, where you have probably more finger in the air type stuff. Yeah. But it's still, it's still, it's just as valid to work at the shop floor of the agency and go, how does it feel here? You can't have seven out of ten. Yeah. What's the buzz like? Yeah. So I would, I would measure buzz, uh, number of new ideas introduced, um, morale, um, number of people leaving against number of people coming in and, and understanding what it's number of serious, so kind of black uh, staff complaints um, and, and those kinds of things. Um, appetite for growth, understanding of of um, understanding of, of the strategy, uh, all those kinds of things. So qualitative, quantitative, four measures in each box. It's the lights in the airplane cockpit, which are like how high, how fast, how much fuel. So for each agency, that's that's what each service firm. Uh, that's that's obviously going to be different, but it's it, what it what that does is it stops the, the the finance director being in control of the business because normally every board meeting is run by a finance director with that many numbers and statistics, and it puts strategy this process puts strategy at the centre of the business, which I think is is, is what should happen. Well, Robert, you have given us some brilliant golden nuggets of information today, um, all the way through from how to create a great strategy and how to, how to actually sit down and do that, how long it takes, all the way through deciding how to price and, and how to pitch that to people so that they see the value and convert. And I'm sure that there are so many other things that our listeners can learn from you. So if they want to get more of your uh, books, more of your information. If they want to follow you, where should they go to do that? Okay, so uh, we run a, a program called the Guider Initiative, which is Grow Your Digital and Agency Initiative. So guiderinitiative.com. There's a Facebook page which goes with that. Uh, there's the Grow Your Digital Agency book, and there's also now the uh, Guider uh, strategy workbook those are the those are the, the things and then possibly there's grow your service firm is another book which we've done all that kind of stuff but we are about by definition engagement and conversation so um it is about email phone skype whatever it is mm. you know, let's talk i mean that's obviously the answer Awesome, guys. So I'll make sure to leave those links up in the show notes. I am also in the Facebook group. Uh, it is an awesome yeah. group. Lots of really engaged members in there. We have some great conversations. I just recently had a debate about time tracking, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it always gets interesting. Um, so make sure you check that out. We can all hang out in the group together. So also make sure that you check out all of Robert's books. Uh, he has sold a lot of copies and he's gained a lot of notoriety because he is a great author. And uh, there's a reason he keeps writing them because people keep reading them and keep asking him to do it again. I'm, am I right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, Robert, I want to thank you again for being on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom. And for those of you listening, we hope that you go out and grow a more profitable agency. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Agency Profit Podcast.
Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
Gas.